to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about helping professionals find the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a great time because we actually have a part two guest. I love it when a guest has so much information that we really can't cover it in an hour. Um, and you know, and, and because it just means that they are so knowledgeable, and it is great fun then to be able to welcome them back on the program. So please join me in welcoming Jessica Rhodes back to visit with us again. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. You know, we really are going to have a great time. And your first uh, interview on the program aired on May 22nd to rave reviews, of course. Um, And what we talked about was podcasting. And at that point in time, we talked about how to be a good guest because it's a fabulous thing. I think for virtually anybody who's really wanting to promote their business and what they do to get on podcasts, you know, and and whether it's a 10 minute podcast or something as long as, as this one, which is an hour, it really is a great way to get your information out there. So for those of you who missed it or just want to listen again, please make sure you go back to the archives and catch that because Jessica provided tons of great information. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. That was a great time. It was. We had a, had so much fun. And like I said, we just had so much to talk about that I realized we weren't going to get through it. Um, and so it was fabulous to be able to have you on again. Yeah, well, I can often spend, I can spend hours talking about this subject. So uh, it's definitely hard to contain it all into one interview, which is why two interviews are perfect to get through the host side of things and the guest expert right. side of podcasting. Right. You know, and, and that way we're not rushing either because... It is such good information, and there's a lot of the information that we want to impart to folks. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump back in, let me refresh people about you by uh, reading your bio again. All right. So Jessica Rhodes is the founder and CEO of InterviewConnections.com, the premier guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. And she is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, how to hashtag rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. Jessica is the host of Interview Connections TV, where each week she helps her viewers rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. She hosts and co-hosts three podcasts, Roads to Success, The Podcast Producers, and The Parenting Roads. The Podcast Producers was selected by Apple as a how-to-podcast show on iTunes and has also been included in the syllabus for a course about podcasting and audio journalism at Western University in Ontario, Canada. Jessica has been a speaker at Podcast Movement, PodcastFest.us, Dream Business Academy, Social Media Marketing World, and she lives in Rhode Island with her husband and two kids. So again, Jessica, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Great. Well, let's just kind of jump right in and talk about why you think it's so important for someone to even consider hosting their own podcast. Well, I think it's really important to host your own show because you own that media and you now have a platform and a place where you can be connecting with strategically chosen people in business, be it your clients. Mm -hmm. I interview almost all of my guests on my podcast are clients of mine. And it's a great way and a great opportunity to connect with my clients in a different way. Instead of a a check-in call, how are things going? How's the service? That kind of stuff. I get to interview them and spotlight them and get some feedback in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten it if it weren't on a podcast. So it's a great way to actually connect with your clients and be a giver, you know, provide them more value by bringing them exposure to your audience. Mm-hmm. And then you can also bring on guests to your podcast that you might want to do business with. You know, maybe you want to be a speaker at a conference. So you interview the person who books the speakers or the founder of the conference. You can start to build a relationship with that person. Or maybe it's somebody that is a business coach for your industry. If you can really connect and build relationships with coaches, you can get a lot of referrals because coaches in what they do, they often refer their clients to experts and different service providers in their industry. So by interviewing leading experts and influencers in your industry, you can also get business that way. So those are just a couple of ideas and ways that you can use a podcast to grow your business is it really all comes down to the relationships and interviewing strategic people. Right. 
You know, and, and it, it is a great way to get exposure and to, you know, like you said, meet fabulous people. I have met some of the absolute coolest people in the world, um, literally, because I have had guests from around the world, by having my radio program, which then converts to a broadcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's talk about the, the, the nuts and bolts, because it's one thing to say that people should do this. But then, you know, of course, when you tell them that, I'm sure the absolute first reaction most people have is, it's too hard. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so, you know, you've got tons of great information in your book, which is here. See, I've got it right in front of me. Um, in your book, which is Interview Connections, how to hashtag rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. The first half of the book talks about how to be a great guest. And then the second half talks about how to do this on your own. So, you know, I love the fact that the very first tip you say is to do it. Mm-hmm. Why, yes. you know, and, and I think that is probably the, the biggest concern with people, whether it's starting a blog, starting a podcast, we all want it to be absolutely perfect. <laughs> What's the problem in that? Well, you can't expect it to be perfect. Nothing is perfect when you first start. And literally everything gets better the longer you do it. So let's just say you plan your podcast for a year, you practice, you do everything. When you start, you're not going to be as good as you are after publishing and actually being live for Mm -hmm. months and, and years. You know, Good is good enough. <laughs> you, you really, perfection is a productivity killer, and you have to get your podcast out there if you want to improve. Now, podcasting is hard, it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You have to decide what your artwork is going to be. You have to decide on audio branding. You have to decide if you're going to do it yourself or if you're going to outsource it. You actually have to host a show. You know, you have to know how to talk into a microphone and be entertaining and not say um every other word. It is a lot of work and it is very hard, but if it were easy, everyone would do it. You know, if being successful was easy, everyone would be rich and famous and successful. But the people that put in the hard work, that put in the time and the effort to really build their brand, become authority figures and do the work that it takes to get there, those are the people that succeed. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it is something that, as you said, it's it takes practice and it will improve. And, and there's still glitches. I mean, you know, I've recorded programs that I thought were absolutely fabulous and then went back and listened to it and it had bad audio. Mm-hmm. You know, it, unless the audio is totally horrible, it's, you know, go with it. It's it's OK. Right. Again, people understand it is good enough. glitches. Right, right. So let's, you know, and actually, as, as we were talking, it uh, one of the first questions I had was, do you think it helps somebody to be a guest on programs before they decide to actually become a host? Yes. In many cases, yes, that is definitely easier and helpful. If you can be a guest on podcasts before you become a host, that is often a really great way to get started with a few exceptions. I have talked to business owners and entrepreneurs and based on what their business is, what their service or product provides and who their target audience is, you know, some businesses are so niche that there really aren't enough podcasts out there speaking to the target audience, which is why they should start one first, because Mm -hmm. there's a huge need in the marketplace for, for their subject matter expertise. So that's the caveat is that you have to to figure out, you know, are there, if you're a marketing expert, there's a million marketing podcasts that you can go be a guest on, get your feet wet, learn how to talk into a microphone, do some market research and figure out what kinds of shows are out there and how can your show be a little bit different and provide some unique value in the podcasting industry. So that's when it would be really valuable to be a guest is if there's, there's a lot of shows like yours speaking to your target audience, go be a guest on them and Mm -hmm. learn from them. And I think it's really valuable when you're a guest on a podcast, before you start your own to get feedback from the host and to learn from them and actually experience the process by which they produce their show. What do the emails look like when they are scheduling you? How do they confirm their recordings with you? Take notes of how everyone does it so you can figure out the best and most efficient way that you can implement it in your business. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is all about really making sure that it looks professional. And we'll talk, you know, about the, the nuts and bolts of things like that in a moment. But, you know, you're going to be asking people to be on your program. So you had better have things looking professional. And by that, I mean a good landing page on your website, professional emails that you're sending to them, you know, post-production um, posts on, on say social media, all those various things. 
if if that's not professional looking at the very start, you know, now obviously you can improve things as they go, you're not going to get good guests. And, and more importantly, people aren't going to want to listen to the podcast if they go to it and, you know, for maybe they can't find it, you know, or all these various things. So it's it's very important to get things set up correctly at the very start. I completely agree. Podcasts are relatively new. They've been around for about 11 years, but in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty new. Mm-hmm. And people are still just finding them. They're still learning what they are. And even if someone has known what a podcast is, there's a lot of people that don't listen to them on a regular basis. So for for both booking your guests and also attracting listeners, you really need to make it easy on all counts. You need to make it easy for guests to decide if they want to be a, a guest on your show, to schedule, to be you know recording with you. Um, you need to make it easy for listeners to find you. You need to make it easy for them to decide if it's a good fit by having you know episode titles that are clearly descriptive of what kind of value you'll get from listening to the show how to find and listen to the podcast. You know, do you have your podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, iHeart, like anywhere that you can have a podcast. So you don't make someone, you know, maybe someone doesn't use iTunes, have it on Stitcher Radio, mm-hmm. make it easy all around. And that is the, one of the easiest ways to grow your audience is just to make it easy for people to find you and listen to you. Right. You know, and, and because people are always looking for things to listen to, whether it's in the car, while they're working out, mm-hmm. you know, all these various things. So, again, you have to be findable, you know, when you're listed on these various platforms, make sure that you have good descriptions, um, you know, and, and all these various things, you know, and, and it's not all that complicated. And again, you know, people don't don't get the googly eye. Oh, my gosh, look, it really is pretty simple to do a lot of these things. You just have to kind of work through the process. So let's talk, you know, we, I've, I've said it several times about the nuts and bolts because it is all about getting things set up correctly at the, the very start. Now, you know, that's not to say that you won't find better ways to do it, but, you know, the, there, there are definitely some steps that you have to take. And so the first thing is, how the heck do you connect with folks? Um, now, you and I are recording this via Skype. So, you know, I, to me, that obviously that is, is my, my preference. Um, what other programs are out there that you recommend? Yeah, there are a lot of options out there and it all depends on your preference and your technical expertise, how right. tech savvy you are, and then also how tech savvy your guests are. So mm-hmm. starting with the most basic, you can use a conference call line something like instant teleseminar or freeconferencecall.com. Those will give you a phone number and a pin code. You both use, you and your guests use a telephone and you record it that way. So those are like two options that make it super easy. There's hardly any post-production because with instant teleseminar, you can record your intro and outro music right there. So that's the first couple options. And then there's Skype, which is like one level up from Mm -hmm. a conference call line where you just use a free Skype account, download a $20 call recorder like Ecamm or Pamela call recorder if you're on a PC. Um, And then you can get into, there's some fancier options like Zencaster or TriCast. These are programs that are in your web browser where you and the guest go to a, a unique link in Google Chrome. And then that program, that website will record each person's audio separately. Mm-hmm. So on a Skype call recording or on a conference call line, it's just recording the call all together. But on a Zencaster or a TriCast, it will record my audio, it will record your audio. And if the, the volume levels are different or something, it would even that out. So that's what they call a double ender. So those options are, I mean, they're not super like technical or complicated, but I, I say that as a podcast producer. Mm-hmm. So um, for people that aren't as experienced, these are the more technically challenging options, but they do yield the highest um, quality audio. So those are kind of the range of options that you can choose from to record your interviews. Right. You know, and, and some of the, the little tricky things or things that make maybe not trick tricks of the trade is maybe the the better thing to do it is right before the program shut your computer down shut your modem down let everything calm down Mm -hmm. and then restart everything 
Yes. Um, you know, all of us tend to, you know, leave our computers running, especially mm-hmm. if it's a big desktop system. And, you know, clearly a lot, of, you know, you're leaving your modem running all the time because it's your phone's on it, your Nest is on it, you know, everything in your house is running on it. But let it kind of recycle. Um, you will get better quality if you do that. You know, and, yes. and it's interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and, and really that's, you know, now make sure you give yourself plenty of time. I have made the mistake where I have done all of that and you know I you I love <clears throat> Windows 10 and I'm saying that very much tongue in cheek and kind of sarcastically because more than once when I have done a restart <laughs> it has done that we're going to update your programs and then 15 minutes later, Oh yeah. It's we'll be ready still, in yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know and, yeah. and also the same thing with the modem. Sometimes it doesn't come back on. Um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. way you want it to. So, you know, half yeah. hour before you're getting ready to do your program, recycle, reset all of these various things. You know, don't try and do it too soon or you know, or too close to the the time that you're supposed to record because things do glitch on you. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I know a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and 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 it's funny because we and and we're laughing because we did have a little technical problem this morning and had some some difficulty connecting, and yeah. you know it's it is it's just one of those things where technology doesn't always work. So build that into your schedule. You know, when when yes. I am booking my guests, I tell them to plan on an hour and fifteen minutes. Part of that is to you know because I always chit chat with them a little bit before. But then, you know, it, it also gives some kind of extra time in there. You don't want to have somebody, and I, I have had this happen where they have said, now I have to leave at exactly 12 o'clock. And we haven't even started recording, you know, with, with enough time to, to give that a time yeah. to happen. So, you know, make sure that you're working with the schedule and that your guests understand, um, you know, and, and we'll talk more about how to communicate with your guests after we kind of get through the technical aspects of equipment and things. But, you know, it is something that there are glitches, um, you know, and and always make sure that you're watching. You know, I've got a a clock that's running that is showing me um, the the actual duration of the program. But I use Pamela to record. And and I just love that name. I think that's the funniest thing in the world for this software. (laughs) But it works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it has a clock also. So I always kind of keep an eye on it. And only once, knock on wood. Have I had it stop in the middle of a program? Just stop. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is fine. Yeah. And, you know, and, and luckily I caught it. I saw what had happened. I, you know, and, and I told my guest, oops, wait, wait, danger, danger. And so then we picked up, you know, we and we actually, I stopped the Skype call and then Skyped back in to make sure that we had a real good connection. And then, you know, had to deal with that in the editing process. But keep in mind that you need to watch those things. Um, you know, when I was doing the program live for Mile High Radio, uh, there was a time where, you know, we were going merrily along. My, I had Skyped in, my guest had Skyped in and somebody texted me and said, do you know you're off the air? <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, um, you know, and, and so just keep in mind that things happen. And so you might have to deal with some of those little glitches along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, glitches are sometimes you, you can't foresee them. You Sometimes you can do all the right things or sometimes you miss something. But that's just kind of the nature of podcasting is you mm-hmm. have to deal with technical things. And it can really help. You know, one of my biggest recommendations is to work with an editor or a producer or just have somebody on your team who is a mm-hmm. little bit tech savvy. If you are not, if right. you are not a technically savvy person, it's really helpful to have someone on call who can help you with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I take notes as we go. So that way, you know, if I need to edit something out in the middle of the program, I can do that or, you know, all these various things. And, you know, because, again, things happen, you know, you, and so you can take care of that. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the, the things that people always ask me about is my my actual true equipment, which is the microphone. And folks, do not ever, and we're going to say this like 900 times, never, ever, 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 ever rely on just the microphone that comes with your PC mm-hmm. you know, or your iPhone or your whatever. It's just not good enough quality. So, Jessica, what what microphones do you recommend that, that people purchase? 
Yeah, there are a lot of options and I, I don't get too tech savvy in my book and I won't hear either, but I do like to just define the two different kinds of microphones uh, because I think it's really helpful. So for there are two different kinds of microphones. There's condenser microphones and dynamic microphones. Okay. Now, the nature of condenser microphones is they kind of capture all of the audio in the room. And that's great if you have a soundproof studio with acoustic wall panels and it's all closed in and that's perfect because the only sound in the room is your voice Mm -hmm. most of us are not in studios right there's doors closing there are cats meowing and you don't want a microphone that's going to pick something up that's 20 feet away from you phones chirping Mm -hmm. yeah i just turned mine off (laughs) exactly so you want to use a dynamic microphone like unless you are in a really soundproof room soundproof studio you want to use a dynamic microphone so usually my recommendation is the audio technica 2100 atr 2100 it's like $60. It's a dynamic microphone. It's a USB mic. So it plugs right into your computer. So you just Mm -hmm. plug it in and go. It's super easy. When you use this microphone, you want to talk about three inches away from the mic or closer. Like you have to be pretty close. If you have it set down on your desk and you're two feet away, it's not going to sound that good. So you have to talk pretty close to it. For people that are just like spending money on really high quality microphones and you geek out about this stuff, I use the Hiel PR40. Um, I also have the Shure SMB. These are like three, $400 microphones. They're really great. But for talking to people that are just getting started, go with the ATR 2100. You'll honestly barely be able to tell the difference between the two microphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I have a blue snowball, um, you know, and, and I absolutely love it. I think it works really well also. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and part of the reason why I wanted to, to really talk about, you know, these, these technical things is because we're not talking tons of money. You know, the, the microphone that Jessica just mentioned, uh, you know, under a hundred bucks, the microphone I use under a hundred dollars, this is not an expensive process. So, you know, you need to, to really be thinking about, okay, I can do this for under $500 to, to get started. Um, you know, and, and then obviously there's kind of some ongoing fees, but it is something that is, is very inexpensive in the grand scheme of things to get going. Yeah, absolutely. And then you just you just want to factor in ongoing costs to mm-hmm. the podcast production setup. So we've kind of talked a lot about the setup, what kind of microphone you need, how to record your interviews, and then ongoing, there's you're going to need some technical work there, right? So unless you're using the conference call recording strategy where you're playing your intro outro all there and you're keeping it really basic you're going to need some level of post-production work after Mm -hmm. you record your interviews so here deb and i are recording this you know interview the raw audio and then something's going to have to happen on the other side of it where she probably adds in some audio branding Mm -hmm. or you know an intro or an outro and so you'll either need to use something like GarageBand or audacity or better yet hire somebody who's an audio engineer a sound engineer you send them the files and Dropbox and they put it together. They do mm-hmm. things like compressing the sounds. And if you don't know what that means, yeah, you don't need to. You should just right. hire an editor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, and I use Audacity. And mm-hmm. one of the cool things about it is it's free. Um, you know, and, 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 and there is a bit of a learning curve, but hello folks, there are these things called YouTube videos that will show you how to mm-hmm. do all of that. So I can, you know, initially what I do is I will take this audio that, that I'm doing with Jessica. I always record it as audio only. Folks, this is radio. This is a podcast. Do not do this as video because aside from anything else, you're going to have a file that is so big that it's yeah. just, you know, you, you can't deal with that. So you only want to do audio. So I've, you know, I've got my little file. I import it into Audacity. I cut out our jibber jabber at the end. I cut out our jibber jabber at the the uh, beginning. Then, if there was something you know that I was having to edit out in the middle, I I do all of that also. Then I go back in and import my intro, which initially I had someone do on Fiverr, which is yes, it's five dollars now. I spend a little bit more because I tipped the guy because I thought he was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my my intro and my outro were. Um, like 20 bucks. I mean, you know, this, this was not expensive. And so, you know, I have that, I edit that in and I edit the, the out outro at the the end of the program. Then I export it as an MP3, Um, you know, and, and I've got it down to a process in our program. I can edit. And, and it's funny, you know, this is one of those things I enjoy doing. So I do it myself. 
and, but it takes me 10 minutes. I mean, this is not a long process. Once I got used to it, did it take me longer to start with? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, you know, I love Jessica's suggestion of you don't have to do it yourself. You know, I, I'm geeky. I like doing this, mm-hmm. um, you know, plus then I'm not having to say, oh, at the 10 minute and 23 second mark, edit this out or whatever. I, you right. know, I'm just doing it myself. Right. But again, it's really easy to have someone else do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's people like you said on Fiverr.com that you can pay $5 to do it. There's great, you know, production companies like I use Podfly and I pay them a couple hundred bucks a month and they'll do the whole post production. And, you know, kind of you, you know, if you're working like you get what you pay for, right? So like right. I'm working with a podcast production company, they can also offer, you know, consulting and feedback on the the flow of the show and the branding and all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. um, there's people there's so many different options out there. But if you are getting started, and you're finding yourself really stuck, and you're giving yourself a headache, and you don't know what to do, just stop, breathe, and find someone that can help you. Because at the end of the day, we're all entrepreneurs. We have businesses to run. Don't let your podcast consume all of your day, all of your time. It's one thing that you do in your business, so it shouldn't consume all of your time. Right. Well, and before we talk more about some some more of the, the actual technical details and things like that, you know, we keep saying that there are people that can do these things for you. Jessica's company can do that. So tell us a little bit about what you can do with the services that you can provide to podcast hosts. Sure. So we are the leading guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. So we work with podcasters to find and book guests for their show. Um, So we will identify the right kinds of guests for you. So when our clients sign up, they actually tell us what kinds of guests they want to interview. And um, we have a conversation around what their business goals are and how their podcast is should be aligned with their business. And then we decide really what kinds of guests are going to be the right fit for them. Our team of booking agents actually identifies guests that meet their criteria. That would be a great fit. As the host, they get to approve and say which ones we want them, you know, they want us to book. And then we go out, we find those people, we request them for interviews, and we connect guests with hosts for uh, scheduling. So we Mm -hmm. do all the guest booking work. Right. You know, and and I love that because that in, in a lot of ways is something that takes a long time and, you know, to, to find the people, to, to get them booked, all of those various things. And so if you can have someone else do it, that is going to really help your process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back to talking about some of the technical details. So you've recorded your program, then it needs to live somewhere, yes. um, you know, which is a, a host. You need a podcast host. There are quite a few of them out there. You know, the, talk about the one that you use and, and what the benefits are of it. Yeah, so I use Libsyn, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. So that's as in liberated syndication. And Libsyn is pretty easy. They set up your RSS feed for you. So once you submit your show to iTunes and the different podcast um, directories, you create a Libsyn account. They set up your RSS feed. And then when you have your episodes done, you just upload the MP3 files to Libsyn, your media host. Libsyn is it's easy to use. They're the largest, um, you know, media host for podcasters. There's lots of other options out there. Spreaker.com is a great option because they actually have a live recording option within their program. So they're great for people. Maybe if you're used to doing internet radio and you're used to recording something live and you want to go to podcasting, Spreaker is a great option. They, again, they're a media host and they provide, um, you know, that uh, software that records your interviews, which Libsyn, I don't think they have a recording software. So there's a lot of different options out there. Um, mm-hmm. And they all have people that are really helpful um, and that can help you. Um, just it's uh, it's a little coincidence, but um, both of their, you know, heads um, are named Rob. So Rob Walsh at Libsyn um, is really great at answering questions if you send him an email, like rob at Libsyn.com. And then there's rob at Spreaker.com, mm-hmm. <laughs> Rob right. Greenlee. So you can reach out to those people and they will be able to help you on, on like the technical aspects of getting your podcast into iTunes and setting up your media host. And then once you upload your files into your host, then you have the embed code so you can actually put the mp3 on your website if you have a wordpress website you never want to upload an mp3 file to your website because your website is not designed to handle the bandwidth of a podcast that's why you want to use a media host right you know and and the host that i use is buzzsprout you know there are are multiple ones out there (laughs) and one of the costs that will be ongoing 
is this hosting service you know so so this is something that you need to research again it's not expensive folks you know and and they all have varying levels of the amount of time per month that you can upload is basically how those things work so you know if you're only doing you know uh, say four 15 minute programs a month that's two hours you know so so you know don't splurge and think oh my gosh I have to have the biggest one possible you know, only get what you need and then the really cool thing is you can always upgrade it later um, if you you know maybe you go to to 30 minutes or an hour or something like that but that is one of your ongoing costs that you need to keep track of yes absolutely it, it does depend on how much you're uploading each month. But if you, let's just say, for example, you finish your podcast and you're, you're done, you could just pay like $5 a month just to keep it live on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, you know, these things, again, we're, we're talking about fairly minimal costs and, and it is such a great way to promote yourself, your business, your, your clients, your customers, you know, all those various things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking of guests, you know, oh, let's see, have we talked about the technical? Um, no, we need to talk about graphics. You, know, you need to figure out what your graphics are going to be because iTunes in, in specific and then the, the other uh, places, they require you to have a graphic. And, you know, it's just like we said, it's got to be professional. You know, whatever you're doing, it's got to look professional all the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I actually just rebranded my podcast artwork for for my show. Um, Mm -hmm. If you podcast for a couple of years, I will bet you, you probably come a time when you want to rebrand, when you want to change the name or change the artwork at the very least. So um, for the iTunes artwork, the size should be a minimum of 1400 by 1400 Mm -hmm. pixels and a maximum of, I believe it's 3000 by Mm 3000 pixels. So it's a square graphic and the key with the design. Now there's a lot of different, you could probably find a million articles about like how to have good podcast artwork and what are the design elements. Think about it this way. When people are looking at iTunes and they're kind of browsing the podcasts on iTunes, the artwork are pretty small, right? They're looking at thumbnails. Thumbnails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't want to have like a lot of very small copy. That's going to be hard to read when it's the size of your thumb. Mm -hmm. So for example, I just rebranded mine. I haven't uploaded the new one yet, but you know, at first, the first draft I got back from the designer was like pretty small text. And I knew, you know, looking at the large full size version, I could read it just fine. But if I were to look at that in a one inch graphic, it was going to be very hard to read. So I said, okay, we need to make this much taller and wider. So Mm -hmm. somebody looking at it in a one inch by one inch size would be able to see it. And then, you know, the iTunes store, especially on the desktop, there's like gray background. So if you have brighter colors, it'll also just pop out of the page a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there you want your show title, you know, a graphic maybe of yourself or, or something like that, but keep it short and simple. This is not the place because, you know, we mentioned you see it as a thumbnail. So this is not where you put a paragraph description about your program. Right, exactly. Well, and then, you know, you do have places where you can describe your program and, and things like that. So make sure you've got all that information. Yes. Um, in the iTunes description, you want to have the about of your podcast. And this is you want to say, you know, who is the podcast for? Um, what you'll teach on the podcast, maybe the kinds of guests you have on the show. And you want to be careful. You know, a lot of podcasters will really just like keyword vomit is what I call it. Like they'll put all types of these keywords and, you know, I would discourage you from putting celebrities' names in your description who have nothing to do with your show. You know, I saw a podcast that was like, some of the guests I would love to have on my show are Tony Robbins. And it's ah, like, they're just so kind of guests trying to... Had, it's their wish list to yeah, get people's and, attention. And it's like, you don't want to use that person's name for your own game when they have nothing to do with your show. They are right. not aligned with your show. They are not endorsed. So you're, you're kind of using somebody else's name to give a tacit endorsement, which is like an icky thing to do. Right. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, right. So speaking of icky things to do, mm-hmm. music. Um, yeah. you know, and we're not saying that music is icky. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is make sure that if you use music in your program, whether it's part of your intro, your background, your whatever the heck it is that you've got in there, that you have permission to use it. You know, this is not let's pick the latest Katy Perry song and have it in there or, you know, all these various things. No. Right. And and I love the fact that you have a brother who's in a band and that's how yeah. you have your music. Yeah. And I, um, I just rebranded my show. I don't use his music anymore, but for a oh. long time, 
I used music that my brother wrote and recorded and produced. And so I think it's really great to have custom music, um, by, you know, real art, like real artists, people that are not like on stock, um, you know, stock music sites, although there are some great music, you know, the audio that I have now is from a stock site and it's, I like it and it's upbeat and it's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can just shop around. There's so many different options, but it's really important that, you know, you are not allowed to use music or songs that have, you know, copyrights that you're not allowed to use. So, just be careful about that because I have heard just one too many stories of people getting what I call poop your pants letters, <laughs> you know, right. cease and yeah, desist from, letters. From you owe us thousands of dollars. Listen, you have a podcast. Okay. You can't afford that. Like don't. <laughs> well, and you certainly don't want to have to go back in and, and edit out that music that, that you had, you know, so yeah. maybe you had it, you know, a program, a weekly program for several years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of editing that you've got to do. So, right. you know, again, go to the, there are lots of, of stock graphic or not stock audio sites. Um, some of them are tied to, to graphic sites, which was why I got stuck on that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and purchase that, make sure you read the license, know what you can do and what you can't do with it. Mm-hmm. It again, folks, it's cheap, 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 cheap. But in the long run, it is better than getting one of those nasty cease and desist lawyers just because you thought that you wanted the latest and greatest music that was, you know, top of the charts. Right. Follow the rules. The same goes for, you know, stock images. Um, You want to make sure that you have permission to use stock images. A great website is called Unsplash. That's unsplash.com. And this is kind of cool because it's a site of all this really beautiful photography that's totally free that you can use on your graphics. So, I mean, that's a great site. And there's other places where you can buy stock images, but you don't just want to go to Google and find an image and use that because there are there are, you know, bots that are going out and finding the illegally used images. People Mm -hmm. are getting, you know, that's something that people are really getting in trouble for. So you definitely want to be careful about that. And and not to get technical about this, but what happens is the information is encoded into the image or the, the audio. And so you can't change it, you know, so when you borrow it, that is still there, and that's what those bots are finding. So, you know, don't think, oh, I can, I can just change the name of it, and, and it will be okay. No, 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 no. Danger, danger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, so we've got pretty much the technical aspects covered. You know, we know that we've, we've got the right equipment. We've practiced. You know, maybe we've done, you know, some sample interviews with our friends just to make sure we know what we're doing, all those various things. The, the next thing is, hello, we have to get people to actually interview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a fun process, but it can be kind of daunting. Um, you know, and, and when I initially started my program, I went to the people that I knew in my industry. Yes. And, you know, that I networked with, all those various things. And then it has progressed from there because I've been doing this for many years. So, you know, it, it's great. And, you know, Jessica, you mentioned that, you know, one of the services that you provide, one of the primary services is matching guests with hosts. Yes, absolutely. We have a team of in-house booking agents. And so we find people that are a really good fit for your show that are the ex that have the expertise that you're looking for, that have the stories you're looking for. And we actually do the legwork of finding them, requesting them for interviews and connecting you um, with them. So all you have to do is schedule them. You don't have to worry about the ask. Um, mm-hmm. The first step in finding and booking great guests, though, if you're doing this on your own, is to know exactly what kinds of guests are a good fit for your show. Right. So you want to really ask yourself, why am I podcasting? What mm-hmm. is the purpose of the show? Why am I spending time doing this? And if the purpose is, oh, well, I want to attract leads and I want to attract potential clients and I want to grow my business, you want to think about who are those ideal clients? Who do you work with? And mm-hmm. what kinds of show, what kind of show would they want to be on? What kind of show would they want to listen to? I have a really great example that just came out of last week. I had a client sign up and he wants to, um, he has started a podcast about digital informational products and he has a done for you program where an author or speaker or coach could go to him and he creates a digital product for them that they can sell and and have recurring revenue. Um, he wanted to, so that's his ideal client is authors, speakers, and coaches who need recurring revenue. And he wanted us to, you know, book people that have are are selling digital products because mm-hmm. they would have the expertise that his target audience wants. And I said, that's true. You know, by interviewing guests who are already successful with what you are doing for people, you would have listeners that come to listen to your show. That would be your ideal client. 
But what's a much faster way to close new business with your podcast is actually to be interviewing people that may need what you sell. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so what I recommended to him was to just tweak the show. So he's actually interviewing authors, speakers, and coaches. So his guests are not the people that are already successful at what he's Mm -hmm. helping people with, but the people that actually would need him. Because I have just seen time and time again, podcast hosts who connect with great guests and they, those two end the conversation and they work together, whether Mm -hmm. the host ends up hiring the guest or vice versa. But listeners are really the icing on the cake. They're the bonus of podcasting. The biggest amount of value that you'll get from your podcast is the relationship that you form with the guests you have on your show. So if you know who your ideal client is, I would interview them on your show. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you mentioned, really think about what the purpose of your program is. You know, I my the purpose of my program is informational. You know, I want to help people. But do I also talk about what I do? Yes. You know, and, and so we get that back in there. And obviously it depends on, you know, the subject matter uh, for the, the actual interview as to what we're doing. Now, I downplay it. You know, this is not a program about me. This is a program mm-hmm. about my guests. And, you know, and then by extension, the, the people who are listening to the program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep that in mind, too, folks. This is not an infomercial. Um, you know, this, you know, and now can you do it that way sometimes? Sure. I mean, I've actually had people interview me on my very own program, which was, you know, kind of a, a fun process, but they're not tuning in to hear me speak. My guests are tuning in to hear, or my, my listeners are tuning in to hear my guests. And so I always keep that in mind. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Your guests are a really valuable asset to your show. Um, and they can they can really help grow your audience. But always remember that they are your guests. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people hear like, oh, my guests are going to help me grow my audience. They're going to market my show. They're going to promote it. And they're <laughs> No, 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 no. It's still your show. Right. <laughs> You've got to treat them like a guest. You can't have somebody over for dinner and expect them to bring a whole meal. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and you can ask them to do some of the promotion, but this is not, and, and I love this because you talk about this in your book. This is not, let's have a celebrity because they're going to promote it to their hundreds of thousands of, of listeners or, you know, Twitter followers or, or whatever. No. You know, for one thing, they know that's that they're being used for that, um, you know, and, and so, you know, it, it, just forget that, folks. This is not the purpose of that. Yes, hopefully they will. You know, any of your guests will promote um, the program, but, you know, it, they may not. I mean, you know, unless they have paid to be on the program and we'll talk in a bit about monetizing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the most part, you might do the interview and your guest might not ever mention it. You know, know, which is, you don't like that, but that, that sometimes happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, and I've started getting guests now, um, through, uh, an online listing called radio guest list.com. Um, and I love that, you know, and, and what you do is you go on there and you say, I am looking for guests to do yada, 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 yada. And you provide a program description, all sorts of stuff. Um, and as a host, that's free. If you want to be, if you are a guest, you know, or a potential guest, then there is a fee to that. Um, but you know, other sources, and you mentioned this in your book, Amazon, you know, if you're wanting to interview authors, well, you need to go to that source. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so just look for, you know, business listings, marketing, you know, whatever it is, trade shows. I absolutely love it when I go to conferences, trade shows, things like that, because the speakers are frequently potential guests. Yeah, absolutely. Going to conferences is a great way to find guests. Or even if you don't go to the conferences, just look up conferences in your industry and see who's Mm -hmm. speaking. Um, Because those are people that are actively getting out there that are leaders in their industries that are authority figures in Mm -hmm. their industries. And you can definitely book them for interviews on your podcast. And I love Radio Guestless, by the way. We definitely utilize their premium membership, and it's so Mm -hmm. helpful to see what podcasters are looking for guests. It's a a really great service. Right. You know, and and one of the cool things about when you've gone to a conference, you know, whether you've actually been there or you're just looking at who the speakers are, you already know that, that, you know, 99% of the time they're, they're good speakers. You know, we've all had guests that shouldn't have been on the air. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and maybe it's because they're just starting out or they're very nervous. You know, they maybe they don't have the right equipment, some things like that. So, you know, if you're kind of going to that next level, 
then you know, okay, these people can, can stand and speak. Hopefully they're not going to go, um, well, you know, what kind of like, you know, all those various things. And yes, those fall into our conversations all the time. But, you know, if you've already heard them speak or you know that they have been speaking somewhere, then it's pretty much a safe bet that they can be a good guest. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It's It's really good to hear some audio of guests before you invite them on your show. You know, I was pitched by a guest a while back and, you know, he's like, this is my book and this is what I talk about. And I went to a YouTube video that he had and it just bored me to tears. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, right. I like to laugh with people. I like energy in my show. And if it just feels like it's boring, I can't do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lack of expertise is okay if the person is fun to talk to in my right, opinion. Right. Well, and my view is that it's my job as the host to kind of help that along. You know, I, I always love the people that say, gee, I'm not sure that I could talk for an hour. Well, you're not actually talking for an hour. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. It should be, you know, pretty much half and half. But it is my job as the host to be able to ask the questions and lead the conversation in a way that means you know, that, that we can fill that time. And, and sometimes that means reading the book, mm-hmm. you know, preparing questions, all these various things. But yeah, that's my job as the host is to make sure that we can fill that hour. Yes, absolutely. You know, I've only ever had one person completely and totally turn me down saying they couldn't talk for that long. And and it's funny. I mean, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for many years. The person said, gee, I can't do that. I, you know, I couldn't talk that long. And I said, well, mm-hmm. I just was at a seminar where you spoke for 45 minutes <laughs> and you've written a 300-page book. Yeah. And they said, no, I couldn't do it. I thought, okay, you know, not going to press it. I, I certainly wouldn't want to do an interview that they hadn't wanted to do to start with. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. You know, and, and then a couple other ways that you can find guests is ask for them. You know, I ask for them on social media. Hey, you know, interested in being a guest. Um, you know, I've, I've got a on my Twitter page. That is a post that I have pinned to the top so that people can see, you know, hey, this is a great thing. And then on my website, on the, the radio page, great big button, want to be a guest. Yeah. So then I have a form that they submit. So they have to tell me why they think they would be a good guest. Sometimes it's not a good fit, you know, and, and, and that's okay to tell somebody no. You don't want to have them on the program if it's not a good fit. And, you know, but part of what I can do is I can suggest other places for them, you know, or sometimes it just really is not a good fit. But give them ways that they can talk about it first. So they're giving me speaking points. They're telling me their bio, their website, you know, all these various things. So I can really look at that before we ever go back and and say, hey, let's get you scheduled to see if they really would be a good fit. Right. Yes. You know, and again, simple, easy peasy. You just use a form that you've set up. Or, you know, if you're not that technically oriented, um, you know, you can hire that part done. You know, maybe you're already having somebody work, you know, help you with your website. But the the key is to make it easy for your guests. Yeah. You know, if they have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops, then they're going to go on to the next place. You know, this is it's it's about making it easy for them. Absolutely. You definitely want to make it easy. The harder you make it for guests leading up to the interview, the less likely they will be to promote it. Honestly, right. people really want to feel like they're, uh, you know, it's an easy way. It's an easy show. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Speaking of promotion, that is the next big thing is you've recorded it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm with you that it needs to be a schedule. You know, this is, you know, and there are some people who say, oh, I'm just going to do one whenever I want. Well, that's okay. But you don't really develop a rabid following. But if you, if your listeners know that every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, you've got a, you know, a podcast going out there, all these various things, you know, that is something that's very important. But you can't just rely on the fact that people think, oh, yeah, well, at Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, this is going to happen. You have to promote it. So, Jessica, talk to us about, you know, how to do some of these promotions and, and again, why it's so important. Yes. Promoting your podcast is huge. It's not a I will create it and they will come. <laughs> you know, right. there's We're a, not that good. Yeah. And there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of noise. People are inundated with 
things being promoted all the time that you have to promote your podcast to the right people and in the right way. So, you know, a lot of people just share like, check out my latest show and that doesn't give me any reason to listen to it. So one of the things that I recommend is having, you know, um, a quote or unique value that somebody will get by listening to your show and having Mm -hmm. that be in your promotional post, whether it's on social media um, or whether it's on, you know, to your email list, you want to be, you know, write copy that really inspires people um, and excites them and makes them want to listen. Sometimes it's a question or, you know, you can get tricky, like you'll never guess what such and such said in my podcast this week. I mean, Mm -hmm. that always gets me because I have to know. (laughs) Right, right. You know, and, and do it more than once. Um, yes, you know, this definitely. is because, you know, it's it's like with anything, social media, not everybody is glued to the screen looking for every post that you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure that you're posting it multiple times, multiple locations. Yes, absolutely. Um, a really great tool for this is something like Meet Edgar. So you can, you know, upload your podcast into Meet Edgar and that will continually rotate the promotion of all of your old episodes. Because if you have evergreen content, you want to continue to promote old episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and another thing that you want to do is provide that information to your guests. Yeah. Because hopefully they, you know, as we mentioned, they will promote it. Um, you know, so we provide, you know, we, we remind folks, hey, this is when you're going, when your interview is scheduled to air and, you know, I'm giving away a secret here, but most people know, already know this. We pre-record these programs, which actually makes life much easier for, you know, a, a lot of, of ways. But, you know, the, the Mile High Radio program is pre-recorded, makes life so much easier, but it allows us then to, you know, record them in advance. And then several days before, we will send an email to the guest and say, hey, remember that you are scheduled to air on yada, yada, yada. Here are some sample tweets. Here are some sample Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. You know, we make it, again, as easy for them to do as possible. Yes, I agree. And also just keeping in touch with your guests is really important, too, because you never know how busy they are or what they have going on in their lives or in their businesses. I remember I had one interview go out or no, I had several interviews go out when my book was launching and one of the hosts also, she listened to my show and, you know, she, she messaged me and she's like, Hey, I noticed that you didn't share my show. Did I do something wrong? And I'm like, no girl, I am just so busy. I haven't even shared my own show. So Mm -hmm. when a guest doesn't promote or share their interview on your show, that doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. Well, I mean, it might, but typically it just means that they're busy. I mean, we're all really busy. So if you send the email, like here are your tweets and everything, they, might just say, okay, I'll get to this later. So my biggest recommendation is to tag them in tweets, tag them on social media. For me, it's much easier to simply share a post or retweet something as opposed to posting something new. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and do it again in ways that is is easy. It's funny. I just had a, a conversation this morning with my producer. And yes, I have a producer for this show. She is a virtual assistant. I love her, love her, love her. That's another one of those tricks is, you know, if 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 your program is big enough that it's taking a lot of time, have a VA, have somebody help you do that. And again, it does make you look more professional. But anyhow, she and I were having this conversation that when we send um, an email to a guest reminding them about the their appearance, it's fairly lengthy. So now we've decided to cut it into smaller chunks mm-hmm. so that it's easier for them. Um, and then after, after the program airs on Mile High Radio, it is archived to my website and also to iTunes. So then we will be sending an email with the embed code and, you know, things like that. So again, we're making it easy, easy, easy for them. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, Jessica, holy schmoly, we've only got about five minutes left. And I want to talk about one of the things where, you know, why people really should consider doing this. And that's that you can monetize your podcast. So in just a couple minutes, talk to us about why and how you can monetize your podcast. So, I mean, you can monetize your podcast. I mean, number one, you can monetize it to grow your business um, and to attract the right kinds of people to your show. So you can monetize it with advertisers. That's direct monetization. If you have a business in mind who sells a product or service that's an ideal fit for your clients, then that or your listeners, then you could you know, pitch an idea for that business to advertise on your show. Um, mm-hmm. Most entrepreneurs will monetize their podcast by using it as a brand building strategy. 
They will not advertise anything, but they will use this as a way to become an authority figure in their niche. And that attracts people to them. So one of the ways I've monetized my podcast is I interview my clients on my show. And naturally in those conversations, they're talking about how they work with us and they're talking about, you know, the value. And it's not like an infomercial, but it does come up naturally in the conversation. And I've had listeners that say, yeah, I listened to your show and, you know, I heard your client Damien talking about this and wow, you know, it sounds like I should work with you too, because then they identify with your guests who happen to Mm -hmm. be, if they're your clients, then they can put themselves in the shoes of people um, that you work with. I just did a a VIP coaching day with Allie Brown after listening to her podcast for two years. And a lot of her clients, probably 30 to 40% of her clients are, or I'm sorry, 30 to 40% of her guest experts are people that have been her clients or are in her Mm -hmm. mastermind group. And so years of listening to her show, I think, wow, I really love where all these women are at in their businesses. And if they all coach with Allie, then she must be a great business coach. And so then I signed up for a VIP day with Allie because I could hear the kinds of people she works with. So that's a really great way to promote your business without promoting it. Just kind Mm -hmm. of expose who you work with. And in the conversation, you kind of hear about the listeners hear about what you do and who you work with. And that's that's probably the most profitable way to monetize your podcast is by just brand building for your business rather than maybe a couple hundred bucks here and there on an advertisement. Right. You know, and you can have a program sponsor, you know, that's, that's an option. And, you know, but, but again, you need to be very, very careful about who your audience is, what the sponsor's going to want. I mean, you know, if they just want to link on your website, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want five minutes worth of your program, mm, you know, maybe not so much, because you know your longtime listeners are going to get tired of that really fast. You know they're they are there to listen to get information, not to be sold to. Yes, and you have to. You know, there's a lot. I would listen if you do have an advertiser on your podcast. Um, likely you will be doing ad reads because they are there to get exposure to your listeners. Not the, right. a lot of listeners don't go to your website, so the links to websites are not as valuable to advertisers. Mm-hmm. So you want to make them entertaining. Um, we have advertisers on the podcast, producers, a show that I co-host, and we try to make those ad reads entertaining. So you want to listen. I listen to a, a podcast, and it's hosted by two female comedians, and I actually I never skip through the ads because they're funny. Like they actually make them entertaining Mm -hmm. and that's great. And other ad reads, they're just like reading the copy and I skip through them because I don't want to listen. So if you do have advertisers on your podcast, I would encourage you to figure out how you can entertain your listeners by advertising. Right, right. You know, and, and I know podcasters who routinely interview authors who actually charge them to be on the program. Now, they charge them a minimal amount, you know, $50, $100, because they're helping sell that book. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, you know, right. and, and, and I understand why they do it. But, you know, it's like, eh, no, to me, that's just a little cheesy. Now, I do ask them to provide me a copy of their book. Sure. Whether as it's they you should. Know, a book like <laughs> I have here. Yeah, that book or an e version. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, because I'm going to talk about the book. That means I have to have read it. And and, you know, and to me, again, that's part of the preparation. I know there are a lot of hosts who don't do that. I frequently have people tell me, oh, my gosh, you actually read my book. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I talk to you about it if I haven't <laughs> read it? But, you know, that that is a different conversation. Yeah. But yeah, it is. You know, there are ways that you can monetize it, but it's about more than anything, providing that value, as you, as you said several times, Jessica. Yes, exactly. And it's sort of like in the newspaper when you see a whole article and then at the top it says advertisement. I guess that's sort of like if a if an author pays to be interviewed on a show right. and it's mm-hmm. like a whole branded interview. And I think, you know, it's not my style, but I think as long as it, you're upfront that this is a sponsored episode the entire Mm -hmm. episode is sponsored we're going to promote this guy and or this woman and you know so it's like I don't know free market do whatever makes you money but just be prepared for how that will affect your listeners you know and the other little thing that I do is I have affiliate I'm an Amazon affiliate Mm -hmm. so um on my my archive and I'm actually working on all of this is that you know for people who I interview who have books on Amazon I provide a link. Now, I full disclose that I am an Amazon affiliate. So people, you know, are knowing, okay, well, a little bit of money from this purchase is going to go to Deb. Mm-hmm. But I also don't put things there that I haven't read. Right. Yeah. 
Jessica, <laughs> we're at the top of the hour and we still, I mean, I, I still have four sticky notes in the book of, you know, things that, that we didn't get to. So again, you know, I think this is something, I love this topic. Um, and as we talked about it right at the very start, it's something that we could go on and on forever. But we do have to end. So sad, so sad. But I think we do need to have you on again because this is something that is so important for people because it it is very intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. Yes, absolutely. So tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Yeah, the best place to go would be interviewconnections.com. I'm uh, kind of re- I'm redesigning my website and kind of reworking my different websites. So interviewconnections.com is definitely just the best URL to remember because that will always be there. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. We have at interviewconnections on Instagram if you want to check out, you know, we have behind the scenes photos and videos of our office and stuff like that. So at interviewconnections or interviewconnections.com is where you can find us online. Cool. Well, I have been having an absolutely fantastic time talking with Jessica Rhodes today of Interview Connections. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.